I have a travel bug. Definitely. I don't know its name. All I know is that I have to feed it at least once a year by going to new and interesting places. From these places, I write about my experiences. So, where on earth am I now? La Paz, Bolivia, September the 30th to November the 10th, 2010. It's just gone 9 p.m. on Saturday, October the 2nd. It's cold. But then yesterday it was boiling, and the day before was the hottest in this city for 51 years. So you just never know, really. I'm here for a radio reason. I'm researching my dissertation on community radio. I'm therefore linking my degree, development, with my ultimate passion of passions, radio. Tenuous, I know, but I'm going to try and make it work. I wish my dissertation was as easy to write as this diary. I start tomorrow at Radio Pachamama, or Mother Earth, where I will be volunteering in the morning and researching and interviewing in the afternoons. I'm scared. El Alto is the dangerous district where the station is. I haven't been yet because I haven't been able to get in touch with my contact, Roberto, who I was going to go up there with. It's very dangerous at night, and my Spanish is crap. I can't interview anyone. I'll need a translator. Where do I find one of those? Uh, how the hell did I get this far? I set off on September 23rd from Heathrow to Miami. I only just made it to Heathrow because of the traffic. It was very stressful. I know Miami Beach well. I've been going every year or so since I was small because my grandmother, or abuela, lives there. So I had a week to see her. I have another one on the way home too. I spent that time practicing my Spanish. Fernando, Abuela's Bolivian neighbour, helped me to no end. He's so generous. He told me a lot about the Incas and how they may have originated in Tibet. And he gave me a lift to the airport to come here. That night seems so long ago now. And what a night it was. Tropical storm Nicole picked the perfect time to arrive on the Florida coast. So basically, it was raining. A lot. Now, the English complain about rain but you ain't seen nothing until you get to the tropics. Fernando should have come around 20 minutes ago, I thought. I'll just go and check everything is okay. When I went next door, he was on the phone looking stressed. Two of his flats had flooded in the storm. I went back to Abuela and waited for him. When he came, he said that his wife was delayed at the hospital where she was a nurse, again because of the storm, so we couldn't use her car. He asked if I knew where Abuela's car keys were, and I only just did. So I grabbed them, said goodbye to Abuela, and we set off. There was hardly any petrol, so we had to pull into the nearest station. But the petrol cap was on the wrong side of the car, we had to turn around. This is all easier said than done when the forecourt is flooded, ankle-deep in water, and there are cars stuck everywhere. Again, this is all due to the bloody storm. Eventually, we filled up, pulled away through the road-turned river, and were on our way. I was so grateful to Fernando. After dropping me at Miami International Airport, he drove out into that dark, stormy night to work late on fixing his flats. And he had work at 6am the following morning. Seriously, the pearly gates will be wide open for that man. I think I'll get him a card. Yes, for when I return, since he was so selfless. Anyway, here I am. I slept on the flight and got some good views at sunrise as we came into land. 
First observations: Bolivians drive like maniacs. There are no rules for right of way, overtaking, undertaking, even what side of the road to drive on. You just weave at speed and get where you're going. This also makes crossing the road a near fatal experience every time. Fun. La Paz is noisy, crowded, dusty, polluted, confusing, and hot. Attention to detail, if you want to explore here, is important. If you were to just look out at the city in general, or even a main road, you're likely to think, "Sod this!" No, you have to dig a little deeper to get to the good bits. My hostel is a haven in this crazy world—an old converted presidential house, a lot like a movie set. Okay, film set. What do you expect? I've been in the states for a week. Two friends from my dev course at uni were here for the first few days. Tom and Annie. This helped a lot. We explored the city for a few days together and had a laugh. On day two, I thought it would be a great idea to explore the city's south zone, which is supposed to be quite posh with nice restaurants. Well, it was okay. We had sandwiches for lunch, sandwiches with chips, sandwiches with chips and a jar of juice each. This will forever be remembered as a historic day. Now, when you're at high altitude, one of the symptoms is a loss of appetite. Even I got it, and I eat like a horse having its final meal when I'm at home. So I knew the food wasn't going to be finished, and I hate wasting food. But the juice, oh my God, the juice! To be fair, we shouldn't have ordered a jar each. The clue was on the waiter's face when we did. He had to ask if we were sure we knew what we were saying, but we were insistent. And two and a half hours later, we were still there. Annie was slurring her words. Tom's eyes weren't focusing. It was death by juice. It was just so sugary, and the jars were like huge pitchers. We told ourselves we had to finish every last drop, and you know what? We did. But our lives will probably never be the same. The next day, I had another wise idea to go to a huge bridge and see a view of the city and the mountains. It was, after all, Tom and Annie's final day in Bolivia. Long story short, I took a wrong turning and led them to a dead end in a crappy neighborhood. I felt awful. There was no time to get to the actual bridge, which, as if to rub it in, we could see from where we were standing. Brilliant. The only plus was that we found Oreos on the way. Every cloud. Then we got a cab back to the centre, and I said goodbye to Annie and Tom. They were set for an overnight bus ride to Cusco in Peru, the first leg of a very long journey home. And I had learnt that, as a rule, my ideas stink. But I'm going to have to rely on those ideas now, because I'm in the heart of South America, all on my own. Bring it on. La Paz, Tuesday, the fifth of October, two thousand and ten. Let's add to the list of adjectives for this city, shall we? La Paz is ugly. Sorry, but it is. Like I said, you have to dig a little bit deeper to get to the good bits. The day after Annie and Tom left, I made it to La Puentes de las Americas, this famous bridge. I saw the view. I took pictures. The cityscape of La Paz is not attractive. The buildings are big concrete office blocks with no character. The view of the mountain Ilimani is spectacular, though. La Paz is polluted. When we returned from Juicegate in Zona del Sur, the south zone, we noticed as you come back up the hill that you can smell serious pollution. 
And the people here drop litter without conscience. I've seen it several times. When you visit El Alto, it is much worse. The neighbourhoods there amount to slums. There is rubbish everywhere, and the smell is pretty bad up there as well. Much better views looking down on La Paz, though, with the snowy peak of Illimani as a backdrop. La Paz is, above all, just so confusing. I know I already have that on the list, but it really is for several reasons. Take Juan, for example. On day one at the station, I got a taxi, just so I could get my bearings. The very helpful girl at the hostel ordered one for me and said it would be 40 Bolivianos, or BS. Fine. Juan was the taxi driver. We had a lovely chat on the way up to the station, and then he helped me when I didn't know where it was. He even sat and waited while I checked I was in the right place and that I was okay. Then he said, since it was a rough neighbourhood, that he would come and get me afterwards. Thank you, Juan, I said. How much? Sixty BS. What? But we arranged the price before. Apparently, no, that was for the airport. I argued that we asked how much to Pachamama and were told 40 BS, but he wasn't having any of it. So 60 BS it was. And another 60 BS on the way back. That's 120 BS in total. That's a lot of BS in every sense of the term. When I got back in the hostel, the woman at the desk was furious and said it should have been 40. She even phoned and complained to the company. So it turns out I was swindled by the nicest man in the world. See? Confusing. I don't know if I'll see that money again. By the way, one pound is roughly ten Bolivianos here. So I paid about six quid instead of four. I know, daylight robbery. Right, now about this radio station. It's in El Alto. I would call El Alto a district of La Paz, but technically, since the 1980s, it has counted as its own separate city. It is on the flat plain overlooking La Paz, which is down in the valley below. This, on a clear day, makes for some incredible views. However, as I've said, El Alto is dangerous. It's certainly a lot more scary than La Paz. I will visit this station every weekday morning and return to La Paz for lunch on the minibus, which costs just 10p. The station itself is small. On Monday, it was all very quiet. However, today, Tuesday, it was all go. About eight or nine people work there. Lucia is the boss. She is from the wealthy South Zone and commutes an hour every day. She meets me at my hostel every morning and we get the minibus together, which I really appreciate. Today, I also got to know Antonio. He's 16, a volunteer at the station and originally from the city of Sucre. He speaks fairly good English, but his favourite phrase is F.U. Genius. He's only at the station in the morning, like me. School in Bolivia starts at about 1pm and ends at 6. So on his way to school, he showed me the way to get a bus back down to La Paz. I really don't want to be walking around El Alto on my own, so I have a 16-year-old for comfort. Brilliant. Anyway... I just broke for a Skype chat with my parents. They made me see that there's no point going to Radio Pachamama every day. There's nothing for me to do there. It's just not worth feeling that unsafe every morning just to go there and watch the clock. I have a lot of work to do. Plus, I know of other stations to visit in La Paz. The lady who feeds me in the hostel told me about some others. Plus, Lucia is very interesting. From what I understand, she works at another station... And she's the president of a radio organisation that she set up. I'm finding it difficult to get going with my work. I need to focus and book a trip this weekend.
Tiwanaku, I think. I'm also so sick of my lips being dry. It's another symptom of the high altitude. They're just dry all the time, and then they crack and bleed. And you put some chapstick on them, but then you want to eat, so you wipe it off. <sighs> I hope my lips are climatized like the rest of me has, if that makes sense. I'm already getting tired of finding good, cheap places to eat as well. I went to a really posh hotel the other day. The guidebook didn't make it sound as fancy as it was. It said it was a buffet lunch for eight dollars or so. I absentmindedly thought, fine. I walked in there and it was like the Ritz. I suppose the clue was that the place was called Hotel Presidente. But still, wandering up this spiral staircase under a glitzy chandelier in my student slacks, I thought, maybe I don't belong here. This was confirmed when I reached the top of the staircase and saw diners in suits, waiters in waistcoats, and, wait for it, tablecloths. Okay, now I'm living the dream. The food was great. Posh enough not to know what certain things on your plate were exactly, but not posh enough that you only got a measly little portion. On the contrary, you could go up for more. And there was a huge vat of vanilla ice cream to boot. So, of course, I stuffed my face. I hadn't eaten a meal like that since Miami. However, I kept having that awful feeling. Am I sure I can afford this? I thought again about what the book had said. Eight dollars? Oh no, dollars? How many Bolivianos is that? I calmly asked the waiter, as he walked by, how much this all was. It was sixty-five Bolivianos, plus my drink, another ten. Now, in terms of English money, that's still only seven or eight quid, but it was a lot more than I realised. It was a lot more than there was in my wallet. A piece of advice for the traveller, no matter how experienced. Always have money in your shoe. For obvious reasons. If you're mugged or get lost, you still have options. Now, I had a hundred Bolivianos in my shoe, about ten pounds. Imagine the scene. Me, the student bum, in a posh fancy hotel restaurant, slowly and carefully reaching into my right shoe and pulling out that money. It was okay, nobody saw. There were tablecloths, remember. But still, what a stupid, unnecessary, embarrassing moment. That said, when Mum and Dad come in a few weeks, I think I'll take them there. The food was really good. God, I've really waffled on for this diary entry, haven't I? I'm a busy man, you know. That dissertation's not going to write itself. The Travel Bog Podcast is written and produced by David Monero. For exclusive pictures and videos to accompany the series, go to twitter.com forward slash David Monero.